0: We do want to note that we are recording, uh, while Monday Night Football is happening between the Bills and the Bengals, and uh, DeMar Hamlin collapsed on the field maybe about uh, forty minutes ago at this point, and so we're still waiting on word. We hope every, we hope he's okay. Uh, we know that an A.D. and CPR was administered for several minutes, close to ten minutes on the field, uh, and he was taking off, uh, taken off in a in an ambulance. So uh, we send. All our best thoughts and prayers and everything that we can muster to him and his family and his teammates and and the opponents too uh because that's an awful thing to watch uh we you it, we're not gonna show the tweet or anything but you can find it if you need to and uh you can see him just collapse out of nowhere and it's it is heartbreaking to watch so um uh, I guess uh, we're we just going to keep apprised of that situation, and uh, Tyler is paying attention, and if there's any breaking news on that, we will uh, cut off and let him share that. All right, so we're going to take a quick moment of silence for Damar Hamlin, and uh, then we'll jump right into the episode. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the SVT Sports Podcast. I am here with Sam, Tyler, and we have Tim on the ones and twos. Uh, we are going to dive into some NFL. We're going to talk a little bit more uh, Warriors, and we got some hockey updates. We have some hot stove as well for baseball. All right, so let's dive into some scores. Vince, you want to take care of the scores? Sure, Vince, let's do it. Uh <laughs> Dallas on Thursday beat Tennessee 27, 13 Sunday. We had new England over Miami, 23, 21 Detroit beat Chicago, 41, 10, keeping their playoff hopes alive. Tampa Bay clinched the NFC South with the win uh, over Carolina, 30 24. Cleveland eliminated Washington, 24, 10, uh, new Orleans and Philly had a game. We'll talk about that in a second. Jacksonville over Houston 31 to three Kansas city beat Denver 27, 24. The New York giants punched their ticket to the playoffs 38, 10 over Indianapolis, Arizona falls to the Atlanta Falcons. We had a little bit of a bird match 20 to 19 Seattle over the New York jets, 23, six. The jets are now uh, in a lot of trouble for making the playoffs. Chargers beat the Rams 31, 10 in the battle of Los Angeles. Green Bay over Minnesota, 41-17. They're right back in the playoff hunt. And Pittsburgh, keeping their playoff hopes alive, beat Baltimore 16-13. So we did have two – our our games. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Before you hammer into me here, because I know you're going to here, I do want to point out that uh, Washington and Ron Rivera, he had no idea that his team could be eliminated if they were to lose that day because it all depended on if the Packers won, which obviously the Packers – whoop that ass against minnesota but how do you as a head coach not know what is needed in order for you to still survive in the playoffs i don't understand that
0: yeah um he just wasn't paying attention uh you know just a lot of sloppiness in washington that entire organization from top to bottom is a sloppy organization poorly run and it doesn't surprise me that that glaring oversight that's what happens when you fuck around and start carson wentz and you just found out you know (laughs) this is this is a year of fuck around and find out 2022 and it's continuing into 2023 apparently so um so now that that's out of the way new orleans beat philadelphia 20 to 10 gardner Minshew couldn't get the job done um i know that cowboys fans are being extra loud about this uh, Tyler, what you got, buddy? I saw you had a full page of notes. Let's break into them.
1: Yeah, let's. Okay, first and foremost, I mean, congratulations to New Orleans. They need to win to have their playoff chances, you know, still alive. And they played like a team that was desperate to still keep that that hope and that dream alive. So, I'll 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 you know I'll give the uh, the shout out to them. It was a great win for them. I would say Gardner Minshew. I've seen enough. You know, I think he had a great win last year when, you know, we needed him out of the blue, but to the end of last year, to the two games this year, I've seen enough. I'm over it. I know Jalen Hurts was almost ready to go for this game and they, it was a game time decision. They said, he's out. So now, you know, we're looking at next week that I fully believe with everything on the line, you know, a a number one seed here, a buy that, Jalen Hurts is going to come back here. Lane Johnson being hurt is probably the most difficult thing because he's one of the best, you know, O linemen that we have out there. So I think that killed me. But Gardner Minshew doing 18 for 32, 274 yards, one touchdown, one interception that ended up becoming a pick six thanks to Marcus Lattimore, six sacks and two fumbles. That's just, you're not going to win. You're, you're basically as good as Carson Wentz out there, in, in my opinion. So I'd say our run defense stepped up again. That looks great. You know, I started looking at the stats here, and I started looking at at what the Red Rocket was was doing, and he wasn't any better either. I'm going to be totally honest with you. Tayson Hill was a better quarterback uh, at 116% passer rating uh, with one touchdown, where Minshew and the Red Rocket were below 90, both, which is, Abysmal! It's terrible, especially in the metrics of how they measure that. So
0: I love that we're calling Andy Dalton the Red Rocket.
1: That's all he is. I'm not going to call him by his real name. He doesn't deserve it. Devonte Smith had his third game in a row of, of 100 yards. You know, we had a great 61-yard touchdown by AJ Brown. There was all the reasons for us to win that game. Why we lost was the two fumbles and the interception for the pick six. Our defense basically was on the field three times more than the Saints defense was. And it's not a recipe for, for winning football. So I'm looking at right now Come with this, some of the stats because I hear some Dallas Cowboys fans are coming down my way. Let's just, let's just throw it out there. You, you, wanna, you want the smoke, let's, let's give you the fire, all right? Eagles are eighth in, in the passing offense. Dallas is 14th. Eagles are fifth in rush offense. Dallas is seventh. Eagles are first in pass defense. Dallas is 10th. Eagles are first in sacks. Dallas is third. Eagles are 16th in rush defense. Dallas is 18th. So before the Dallas fans come come down my road and say that they're this and that and that and this, just know that we do see in the playoffs, it's over, baby. Like you, you, Jalen Hurts is going to make sure that you don't see a sniff of the second round. That's it. It's over, gone. And you know what? I'm okay with it. I'm okay with these two L's that we took this week, knowing that Jalen Hurst is coming back. We're, we're going to get that first round by. I know the four ers want it. I know the Vikings want it. I know what, what's the other here that that's sniffing at it here that that wants it as well. It, it's not happening. You can't have it. It's ours. I'll see you guys in the playoffs.
0: We shall see. That's that, that is correct. We will see you in the playoffs. Um, And, uh, with that, I think we need to move to the game of the week, at least for us on this podcast, the Niners and the Las Vegas Raiders, they met up on new year's day and they took it to overtimes, 37, 34, the Niners get the win. Uh, I'm in a good mood about that, Sam, uh, Jared Stidham, he showed up in a way that nobody expected. Uh, let's start, let's start there, I guess the whole Derek Carr situation and how we got Uh, how we got to Stidham.
2: There's just, there's absolutely so much uh, to unbox with the Derek Carr and Raider situation. Um, One, I, I have not always been the biggest fan of Derek Carr, um, but I do respect him. And I, and you know, earlier this year when he had his uh, emotional breakdown, we talked about it quite a bit. And For the past nine years, he's been the only thing that's been respectable about this franchise on and off the field. And I do feel that I'm going to stand up for Derek Carr in this respect, that he he has given everything to this franchise over the past nine years. He's been the only thing that's been respectable to watch consistently over those nine years. And for a generation of fans, he's been the only th- bright spot in an otherwise terrible terrible run franchise from Oakland to now Las Vegas. So I do feel that the ownership, the coaching staff, the front office is being really disrespectful to Derek Carr. I do take that side. Um, I'm also on the side of uh, Coach Cower was upset when they decided to move off of Carr and, and, and go with Stidham. Because mathematically, they still have a chance. And as a coach, he was saying, if you have a, a chance, no matter how slim you go for it, uh, multiple players, Hall of Fame players have tweeted out, said on their podcast, radio shows, that when, this is a, a loser mentality to wave the white flag when you have a mathematical chance to bench your star player. Um, it's just a loser mentality. And I agree. I 100% agree. Now, Stidham showed up, and he played well. And honestly, I I kind of expected him to play well in the sense of knowing where to go with the ball, knowing checkdowns, and he's he knows this offense. So, you know, the question would be talent, would be that he can execute it at a high level, and he looked pretty good, you know, in, in execution as he should have. Um, however, again, to defend Derek Carr, the play calling was totally different under Stidham than it was for Derek Carr. You know, there are clearly different run-blocking schemes that they ran. It was it, how how uh, play-action. Stidham, uh, was, I want to say it was 60%, 70% of his throws were play-action pass, where Derek Carr um, is the least amount of court. He's... He play action passes the least out of um offenses uh quarterbacks um and that's something that's coming from coaching that's the play calling that's not Derek Carr just making up a play action you know that's uh that's part of the play um so the 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 whole offensive scheme was totally different how they called the game um and that's been if you're if you were on you know Raiders reddit or Twitter that is everything that's being spoken about right now. That is just as we were watching the game, letting this unfold, it was watching two different offenses Um, in in basics. Pass blocking, run blocking, offensive schemes was totally different. Um, The injury of Darren Waller, obviously having Darren Waller back is a huge plus. He's an amazing talent. Raider fans for many, many weeks were asking, why is he being held out? Because two weeks he was – actually healthy and he was telling reporters he was ready to come back and josh mcdaniels sat him out so to me it just really feels like they it it just really feels like a a loser mentality that josh mcdaniels didn't really want to work with Derek carr and is blowing this thing up and we've been talking about it for weeks as fans is the the team is just it it looked self-sabotage like there was just play calling that was just terrible and well, look can i ask you this no and you're welcome
1: you're welcome to die on the hill stand on it or you know walk down it if you like are you gonna go out and limb and say that Mc- mcdaniel's play calling was there for for Carr to never succeed and then when he got his guy in there,
2: the play calling changed for his hundred percent. That's exactly what I'm saying. He was Derek Carr. The play calling is totally different. I mean, completely different. You know, on third and four to to win a game that's going to possibly keep you in the playoff race a few weeks ago against the the um, Steelers, you run a a draw play. On third and four, you run a draw play. Like, who who does that? You know, and it's just, there's so many plays throughout the season that are head scratchers, you know? And I'm not to say that Derek Carr goes without blame. It's just head scratchers. And again, somehow, it's not even, like, the Raiders don't even discuss that their defense sucks. This is the fifth game they blew a double-digit lead, the fifth game this season. Yeah. So to say that it's all Derek Carr, it's the quarterback, and you need to, you know, you need to uh, play better. Um, it's the defense. I'm gonna interrupt myself because it looks like uh, yeah, just Monday gonna... Night Football. So let's get this update in.
1: Yeah, I was just going to break in. Um, again, the game hasn't been officially canceled or forfeited or, or, you know, suspended completely. We don't have updates on that. But what we can see is that uh, it looks like both coaches have been on the cell phone together. Uh, it was uh, Doug McDermott's cell phone, took a phone call and then uh, handed it to the Bills head coach. And then they hugged each other out. I'm sorry, uh, uh, Bengals head coach. And then they hugged each other out. Um, now it looks like the Bills uh, crew and staff are packing up the bags over their Uh, communication devices and looks like they're probably going to load it into the truck and this game looks like it's uh, probably heading to being called or maybe suspended for another day so we'll have to see what NFL says uh, regarding that situation but um, all signs point to this game ending um, currently at 3-7.
0: Uh, Rod Brooks actually just uh jumped in a couple minutes ago and said that his mother is there too in the stand. So, oh wow, uh, his his mom was there watching this happen. And oh. if you're watching somebody get CPR done on them, you're basic for nine minutes, especially, you're basically watching your friend's ribs get broken right yeah. in front of your eyes. Because, yeah. um, what would you rather have a dead friend or a friend who's alive with broken ribs, you know? So, that uh, it's I've this been, is I've been reading some
2: tweets as we've been recording and keeping up and it's a traumatizing event to see somebody who's your teammate in the same career. Um, I saw a tweet something to the effect of like, you know, these guys should be at home with their families and together and, you know, um, so we'll continue to have, uh, updates as this, uh, plays out through the podcast. Um, you know, I got a lot more. Uh, we'll circle back to the Raiders. Um, we'll talk about the game and I do have something because this Derek Carr stuff is huge. Um, but what I am proud about is offensively, you know, you know, Stidham did look good. Um, Jacobs looked good. Devonte Adams looked good. Waller looked good. Renfro looked good. Um, you know, so me being upset about the Derek Carr situation and I think most fans on this side of the aisle that are that are defending and standing up for Carr, we're not upset with Stidham. It's not his fault that he worked with Josh McDaniels in the past. It's not his fault that the franchise and ownership is, is benching Derek Carr and there's possibly this nasty breakup. That's not his fault. We're as fans, we're rooting for Stidham. And next season, if if Stidham's the starter, we're going to root for him you know uh because if he's successful the the raiders are successful and that's what we're hoping for so no shade being thrown at any of the players in that respect so i'm i'm happy for him that he got his opportunity to flash maybe he has a good next week see what happens next year maybe he comes back to the raiders as a starter or competing or maybe he gets a job somewhere else in the league you know so good for him i'm proud that the the raiders fought a tough 49er team uh who came in battling for position so i like it was a great game um the 49ers should have won the game and they probably should have won it in bigger fashion so Absolutely. in that regard i am happy that the raiders hung around but jesus christ get a stop do something oh. There's there
0: well, There's no such thing as moral victories until you stumble upon a moral victory. But before I mean, Vince week. gives
1: his his take on it, I, I do want to jump back to something you said last week, and I kind of want to get your thoughts on it, Sam, and what you think. Your, your thought process about Brock, Brock Purdy is that he hasn't had to show a winner's mentality. It's just kind of been given to him week in, week out since he's taken over the starting position. Does this game fulfill that that knee that you were looking for or do you need a bigger sample size than that
2: I mean yeah it it was it was great to see Brock Purdy in that situation and overcome some adversity for sure um and I don't this is not to take away anything from him he looked great I mean he looks I when I saw him in the preseason I mean anybody you know all the back end roster guys look good because they're all they're all playing against other back end roster guys. So seeing him, uh, seeing, you know, Brock Purdy p- played this well, um, has been amazing. The adversity, he looked great. Um, and I don't mean this as a knock, but let's be real. It was the Raiders defense. They gave, this is the fifth time they blew a double digit lead. So it's NFL starters. He got picked off. Um, you know, he had to come back. Uh, they they were down two scores. He, so he had to control the offense. He had to, you know, get things into the tighter windows. So he had to make the throws. He had to make the reads. So hell yeah. Credit to him. He, he looks amazing.
0: Also, he got, uh. Th- there was a couple of plays where the ball was, you know, basically in the air up for grabs. And like Brandon, and I came down with that big one, Uh, that, that big uh catch that was like, floating in the air because he got hit as he threw it. So a little bit of luck bounced his way too. And you're gonna need that in the playoffs as well. It's not, it's not all just good things happening like because you're playing good. Sometimes you gotta get you got to catch a break as well. So um he's playing whatever, good and then when he's playing bad, he's still catching breaks too. So that's you know that's, that's I'm not between, mad about between that.
1: the both of them though. Between the both of them though, they did such a good job of staying in the pocket and taking the hit and just throwing it. Like oh yeah, I know Stedham had a, had a hit and, and ended up getting almost uh he it almost got picked. picked off. No no no, it hit the ground, so it, it didn't get picked off. It's but right. Yeah, it yeah, almost yeah. did. But they both stood in the pocket as for the last second and threw it at the last second and got pretty good results out of it. So I, I would say from both quarterbacks' perspectives, I was kind of thoroughly impressed. You know, um, Stedham has not earned his name, so his name is uh, Jason Statham until I can give him a real name. Um,
2: like <laughs> Brock Purdy Stitty. looked great yeah they you call know, him Stiddy for short
0: uh some people are saying Stid him like he is the guy you know already so sure, it's a little sure. early
2: um, no he i mean he looked great he, um, he
0: had a good game and uh it was un it was unexpected because the niners were the top defense coming into that game and i don't know if they still are or not i don't particularly give a shit if the, to, be, to be fair the you guys
2: you,
1: you guys are um, top top three defenses i for me doing my stats with the eagles you guys are top three
2: yeah, we're still top. Three, I would so. I'm, I would say even... like uh, on the impression meter, you know, Brock Purdy continues to impress, but it was against a, you know, I mean, it's it's a uh, record breaking for all the wrong reasons defense. Um, but he, you know, Purdy still looked amazing. He's you know, executing. You know um, who
0: had a really good game for the Niners hold on, was Vince, real oh, quick.
2: Stid um, Stidham. Looked amazing against a really great defense, and I think that's what really stands out is um, the 49ers defense. And everybody was like, Oh my god, you're starting Stidham, his first NFL start against the 49ers defense, coming in, you know, fighting for position in the playoff race. And he did his job, so uh, that was very impressive. Uh, what did you have, Vince?
0: Um, so uh
2: uh, Mike McGlinchy actually
0: had a really good game against Max Crosby Max Crosby wasn't his name wasn't really called hardly at all the entire game so um, for a guy that you're you're hoping you know Mike McGlinchy finally is like finally showing up this year and he's actually um, you know like like showed out and uh, we actually just got an update. It sounds like this yep. game, uh, this Monday yep. football say, game is just suspended. About,
1: um, about a minute ago, Tom Palacero, uh insider for the NFL, has said that uh, the game between the Bengals and the Bills has been suspended. Um, there, it will not be resumed tonight, but there is no notion of whether or not the game is forfeited or will be picked up at a different date. So um, that game is officially called right now. We'll find out as soon as I get updates if that game is going to be played at a later time.
0: Yeah, so um, that was the right decision. There's no way in hell if I was a player on that field. If like me as a fan, I don't want to see. You know, uh, I I wouldn't want this game to finish to conclude until I knew for sure that uh, Hamlin was okay. And we don't know that at this point. And I just yeah. there's no point in making <clears throat> us wait around for another hour or so because this game has been was you know temporarily suspended for uh, for about an hour now at this point and. Uh, yeah I wouldn't want to continue it uh, anyway so
1: well uh, let's, I'm glad let's, that they let's finally
0: sus, uh, suspended it
1: we'll, we'll fill in where we can Let, let's get back here on track here I, I I do want your thoughts Vince on what you saw collectively as your team defensively and then also what you saw from Purdy offensively but let's start defensively do you think with the Raiders being you know a team that lets up points or you know gives up do you think that that do you think they were the Raiders exposed certain things of the 49ers defense?
0: I don't know if they necessarily expose things. I think part of it was the Niners maybe came in, taking the foot off the gas a little bit. Um, and then Stidham uh, took that opportunity and fucking ran with it. So okay. um, uh, it, it's, it's a good wake up call to make sure that uh, that the Niners stay focused and they stay locked in because that defense was playing like shit the whole game, but they still ended up coming away with the win. So Honestly, for me, that's base case scenario. You get your ass kicked, but you still win. So you don't you don't hurt yourself in the standings, but you get that wake up call. And uh, God help the Arizona Cardinals next week because I think they might be a shutout to, uh, this coming week. Because
1: well, they they always going to be
0: locked in going into the playoffs now that you had a um, a wake up call.
1: Well, they always say film tape is always better to watch when you win, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so your thoughts on Purdy though? Do you think Purdy? Do you think Purdy stepped up oh, when he, moments were needed?
0: He absolutely stepped up when moments were needed. He doesn't get uh, he doesn't get the happy feet. He's uh, uh, G- like we talked about happy feet with Jimmy Garoppolo, and uh, Jimmy's still a little bit weary of taking hits, and uh, th- there's good reason for that because every time you know, he, he, not every time, but he gets hit often enough that he gets injured, and right. Brock Purdy's not afraid of getting hit at this point in his career, so. Um, he's standing strong in the pocket and is delivering balls, knowing that he's about to get his shit rocked and uh, he still does it. And uh, it's, and and he looks good most of the time so far. And I tell you what, it's something about this system that uh, Kyle Shanahan has where, I mean, he got Matt Ryan to be an MVP in this league, in this system. He has seen fucking CJ Beathard and Nick Mullins look like competent quarterbacks in this system. You know, I mean, they, they weren't getting wins, but they were at least looking fairly decent, decent enough to get money from other teams. So, you know, I, I uh, part of this is the system, but the other part of it is he's playing well in the system. And so as long as he keeps doing that, we're going to keep having discussions about him. So I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how this shakes out in the playoffs.
1: Is he your starting quarterback if uh, they make it into, I don't know, past the first round?
0: um I, I, for next we're year assuming, for next year oh for for next year um is your no, starting
1: quarterback and and lance has to earn it
0: um i'm gonna say that lance is going to be the first one on the depth chart starting in otas uh but brock purdy will be given every opportunity to steal that number one spot from him um i i look at it similarly to oddly enough another kyle shanahan coach system uh when uh robert griffin the third and Kirk Cousins were in the same system at the same time Kirk Cousins ended up taking the job away from Robert Griffin III who was the mobile quarterback who was the highly drafted quarterback and you know we were talking about a later rounds guy overtaking and uh becoming the man so we'll, we'll see what happens i don't i'm not saying that that's what's going to happen this time by any means sure. but it's going to he's he's shown in the past that he's willing to go with another quarterback if another quarterback is playing better. So sure. we'll see, we'll see what happens. I'm I'm I would not be surprised if Brock Purdy takes the job, but uh but you have to be sure that it will not be um uh Trey Lance's job going forward first. Like Trey Lance is gonna have every opportunity to keep his starting job, but also Brock Purdy is, you know, like that that leash is short once sure. the season starts, I think.
1: Well, I want, to, I want to talk about some other kids that are stepping up, but I want to get your last thoughts here. So, uh, Sam, for you, for the Raiders, I mean, what are your expectations for next week and in, in going into the offseason? Like, what are, you, what are you looking forward to?
2: Just compete, you know, uh, just compete offensively. Maybe, you know, maybe try to have, have a – you haven't had any good defensive games, so maybe you have a, a decent defensive game. Um, I would like to see the young guys continue to show out. It would be great to see. I would love to have a, you know, we know Derek Carr's not coming back. So I would love to see, you know, Stidham ball out and, you know, see what that is. Well, Vince, I know you're going to give me playoff updates here shortly,
1: but what are you, what are your week 18 hopes that maybe some people play don't play? What are you looking forward to? Um,
0: well, CMC does have a, a minor ankle injury. I don't want him seeing a blade of grass. Uh, this game, um, get him right for the playoffs. Uh, the Niners' running system, uh, running back system, is more than capable of handling a game without CMC, especially you know when you already have at least a top three seed uh, sewn up, and you're going in against the Arizona Cardinals who are about to fire Cliff Kingsbury. So see, that's what bothers you know, I, me as
1: with my Eagles is that if we would have taken care of business this week or last week. I would have been in the same boat as you, but unfortunately, I got to play my starting quarterback because I need that first-round pie. <laughs> we need yeah, exactly. it. We need people with yeah. Up, yeah. So. Yeah. So what's I mean, what was the playoff scenario?
0: Okay, so AFC. Let's start with that. The Chiefs, Bills, Bengals—they are all clinched. Uh, Chargers clinched a spot. Ravens have clinched a spot. And then the last playoff, the last wild card spot, is coming down to the Patriots, Dolphins, and Steelers. So, those are your three teams fighting for that last spot right now. The Patriots have it. Um, we'll see what happens going forward in the NFC.
1: Yeah. Well, Dolphins yeah. are interesting because two is still under the concussion thing, he may not play. And then also, um, I forget the other backup quarterback's name, he has a dislocated pinky. Yeah, he has dislocated pinky. Yep. pinky. So, that should be interesting.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, uh nfc eagles niners vikings uh, buccaneers those are uh your uh your division leaders right now eagles are still have still not yet clinched the a the nfc east yet the other ones have but they do have a playoff spot obviously cowboys giants have all clinched uh wild card spots the seahawks lions and packers are still fighting for that last playoff spot uh the uh, if I believe if the the winner of the Lions and Packers will get that spot unless it's a tie. If it's a tie and Seattle wins, that's when Seattle gets it, even though Seattle currently has the spot um, because of conference record because Lions yeah. and Packers are both six and five in the conference right now. Seahawks are five and six. So um, if Seahawks win, they could be at best six and six in the conference whereas the winner of that would be seven and five uh, between the Lions and Packers game. So, so honestly, like the the winner of that game is probably going to be your seventh seed unless really weird shit happens as far as I can tell.
1: Um, Yeah. Well, Hey, so, so so the 49ers and the Raiders played the kids and the kids showed up. The Warriors played their kids because of injuries that are happening right now, and they have all showed up. So, Vince what has been the week of staying at home for the Warriors it seems to be the place of hell for every team coming to visit
0: Oh yeah so uh the Warriors got a win against Charlotte 110-105 they got a win against Utah 112-107 and they got a win against Portland 118 to 112 they're currently 19 and 18 they're back up to 8th in the west and they got the they're playing the Hawks uh tonight I guess as we're recording right
1: yeah, so they're so, playing right now. I haven't watched it. I'm still uh, watching some NFL stuff, but uh, yeah, the kids look good. Um, tonight should be the game that if the Warriors lose a game on the uh, on their home court, this would be the one. There's no Curry. There's no uh, Jermichael Green. There's no Wiseman. There's no Kaminga. There's no Wiggins. Um, so you're probably going to see a lot of Moody and, and peanut butter jelly. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, Patrick Baldwin Jr., um, the Warriors sh- – second pick out of the second round there so um should be interesting should be fun i'm currently excited to watch warriors basketball session when they're home when they're on the road it's i just i pray because they suck (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what it is man they just suck so um i wanted to ask sam here we keep going back and forth on this here what are your thoughts on the man? I know he's hurt, and he didn't get to play the last game. He won't play this game either. But <laughs> is he gonna? It, you are you still down that road that he just he's not
2: up to your expectations anymore? He's absolutely not up to my expectations. Uh, I know he missed his rookie year. I mean, look, I I've, I've defended this dude um, pretty much since he got into the league. I just think the things that he showed flashes in as a rookie. Don't even look the same. He looks he looks like he got worse. Like he looks like he regressed. You know, he still can't set a screen. He's not rebounding. Um, you know, he's not even I know he had the big <clears throat> the big game a couple nights ago. Um, but on a consistent basis, he just doesn't like he's not doing those things. He's not rebounding. He's not altering shots. I'm, I'm, not, I'm
1: not going to come down that road because you and I have flip-flop here. I think he's getting used to the Warriors system, and it is a very hard system for centers to play. I mean, look how long it took Looney to, to adapt into this system. You know, it's the way that the Warriors use centers is defense on a string. You know, and I think you got to understand that Draymond's there, or, you know, Clay's there, or Wiggins is there, and you don't have to do it all by yourself. And I think, I think Wiseman's learning that, but there's a lot of growing pains. I mean, the kids played what 45 basketball games since he, you know, graduated from college. So, um, not even graduate from college since he got drafted out of Memphis. Um, he only played one year there. But I, I still think, in my opinion, you're not trading anyone. You're not trading Moody. You're not trading. You're definitely not trading Kaminga. I mean, his value, his stock value has gone way up. You're not trading him. And I also think you, you got to give Wiseman time. You know, I think the kid's 20 years old. He's learning how to play pro basketball at a high level with pro- arguably one of the best defensive teams that's been ever assembled you know, um, outside of maybe like the Pistons. So I'm not ready. I'm not ready to jump down that road yet. It's just not me, but I do say that like at the end of the season, if I don't see a development growth, then I might be joining you on that wagon, but I'm going to give him to the say to the end of the season here. My only concern with him is he's very injury prone, you know, the knee, the shoulder, the hand, uh, the ankle it's, That's very – when you're a big guy and you're injury prone, you know, like Todd Gurley said, you know, your best ability is your availability. So, if you're not on the court, you ain't helping the team.
2: Yeah, I I would meet you there halfway. Um, Defensively, he should be a lot better. And rebounding, he should be a lot better. That's just – I mean, offensively, okay, it's hard. It's a little bit different being the five in the Warriors system. Than it is uh, maybe a majority of the league. Um, so offensively, I see you there. Defensively, he's he's just as just as bad. <laughs> you know? My so my argument to that—that's where I that get nervous—is that he's not getting better at the things that he was good at. My argument to that too is that when
1: Kaminga got out there in the beginning, he looked terrible. He looked abysmal. Well, he looked like he didn't know what he was doing. And then he got more PT and more PT uh, for those who don't know PT is playtime. And as he got more playtime, he started looking better. Now we're looking at Kaminga like, Oh my God, he took Moody. We thought Moody was the best one. Now Kaminga's looking like the best one and Moody's not getting any playtime. So I think that's also going to come into his repetitions and, you know, you'll start to see him to understand his personnel, who he's with. And I, I think it's going to come around. And if it doesn't, then I'm more than willing to, uh, you know, put the eggs on my face here and and, and eat it here so do it now <laughs> not gonna do it now not gonna make, do it now
0: make them scrambled they taste better
1: <laughs> won't do it now unless unless the warriors tank then i'll take a french omelet in in the way of uh victor one so just saying oh geez.
2: yeah and the injuries are just they're stacking it's stacking up you know so yeah. I don't know if this, all these injuries are just, uh, you know, Clay Thompson is coming off of major injuries. So he's working his way back. You know, maybe is it, you know, he's not, maybe there's that thing in the back of his mind that he can't go full speed or go max effort because he's worried something's going to happen or. No, know, he's looking
1: good. The last four games, Clay's looking good. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm,
2: I'm saying maybe, I, I'm sorry. I'm saying, um, early on in the season you know clay was working off that rust sure and now that wiseman you know maybe he's working through some rust and maybe in the back of his mind there's something fearful about getting hurt and when you're playing when you're playing tight you're gonna get hurt you know when you're when you're playing cautious you're gonna get hurt um and maybe he's just kind of in this because i mean i know he a lot of people give him heat for this about the um you know, you make a bad play and you just got the 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 um slouch shoulders and the all oh, all oh, gee Willikers. I messed up, you know. Um so I don't know. I, I'm starting to like get concerned about things of that nature that you know he's just not he's not growing in the areas where he can grow um off the court, you know. So I'm kind of i'm hoping i'm hoping i'm wrong i want to i want to see see him excel he's a wonderful talent um i'm sure he's a great guy you know personally um i'm sure he's you know a good dude um what is he 19 20 he's 20 Uh, you know getting paid work you know trying to figure all this out um you know, it's a lot of pressure on the young dude mentally. So I'm not trying to come down his road and put him down and say oh, he needs to be tougher. I'm not trying to be Skip Bayless over here. You know, but um, I I want him to be good. Um, It's just at what point do you pull the plug on somebody who can't who just can't be available? Well, Looney had a lot of hip problems, knee problems.
1: They didn't pull the plug on him. I think the Warriors are going to be very patient with their big man, knowing that they've done this once or twice. I mean, JaVale McGee had asthma. Uh, Boogie had knee problems. You know, Uh, Andrew Bogan had a broken elbow. So I think the Warriors are patient with their big men. Um, I I think they'll give them a longer leash, especially being so young compared to the guys that I just listed. But uh, I also, too, want to talk about uh, another injury update here, unless Vince got some Warrior insight he wants to give us. Another injury update here, um, we want to point out two things. Carlos Correa is still a Met. So that's one thing, even though he had that terrible knee situation going on here. Secondly, I do want to point out that uh, uh, Hamlin is is currently in critical condition. Um, No status update of that's a positive or negative thing at this point. But uh, he is currently at the hospital. Um, No word of him being stabilized or anything of that nature. So but getting into the MLB hot stove here, Vinny, you got. We, we got a lot. We got a short list this week. It was yeah, so much longer last it's,
0: week. It's well, yeah. I mean, that's because a lot of these dominoes have already fallen. So, um, we'll, we'll just run through these real quick. Nathan Avaldi is going to Texas for two years, $34 million. And that's obviously they're trying to solidify that uh, starter's uh, rotation there. Uh, the Braves, uh, they traded for Sean Murphy uh, earlier. We told you about that. They then uh, extended him six years,
2: $73 million. Uh, when you hear are that, you... it's like you 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 don't the A's don't have six years, seventy five million. Yeah,
0: they they like, absolutely come on. Did. you 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 motherfucker, John Fisher. Okay, like you moving don't... on, moving on. No, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Um, <laughs> all right, Tommy Listella was DFA'd by the Giants. Hey, look at that, another former A's player that might might end up right back here, and that's that's a guy that you don't have to pay because the Giants are paying him. So maybe. Maybe they try to grab Tommy LaStella and do their little fucking magic like that to try to make it. would would work
1: with Tommy LaStella because I think he still has a house in Pleasanton.
0: Yeah, exactly. He's, uh, he's still local. You know, he wouldn't have to move. Uh, Evan Longoria uh, signed with Arizona one year, $4 million. Corey Kluber to Boston one year for 10 million and uh, Rich Hill to Pittsburgh one how year, old million. is
1: rich hill he's got to be 45 he's 43
0: he's not F-f-f-f-f-f. no he's not quite that old um, he was like 43. 40 when the
1: a's signed him
0: yeah he was like 38 but yeah so um he I, I checked he's 43 um and then the last note that i have is uh we talked about it we, we just uh said it in passing last week uh trevor bauer is reinstated his suspension is being reduced to 194 games uh, the Dodgers still have a few days to decide whether they're going to cut him or um, guarantee his salary
2: or whatever. So and-
1: we did say that we were going to touch more into that. That was kind of a a big piece. Um, I know that we collectively haven't talked about it, but I did do some digging and do some research. And it seems vehemently through the whole entire clubhouse that they do not want Trevor Bauer back as players. don't They just don't vibe with him. So he's as good as gone.
0: Yeah, I it, guess I have
1: a question to you guys. Do you think he's going to get another chance? I think he's he going go to go to Cleveland.
0: I think at some point he will get another chance. Do you
1: think he'll go back to Cleveland?
0: I don't. I don't know, man.
1: Um, oh, okay, I'm making this connection because of a uh, because of a certain quarterback in Cleveland.
0: Right? Yeah. Uh, uh, another podcast calls him Lord Voldemort. He's he who must not be <laughs> named. Uh, uh, I'm going to name him because I'm not scared. It's Deshaun Watson is who we're talking about. Who is a uh, uh, just not a stand up human being moving like like Trevor Bauer is not really a stand up human being he's he's had problems with a lot of people even before these allegations and um all all of this bad stuff came out. so i uh, he he's a can a cancer to the locker room, and I just uh I know that some owner is still gonna see the talent. he's gonna have some you know workouts and he's gonna end up getting a contract somewhere. Because that's how this fucking works, you know. It's, I think it's, it's true.
1: I mean, you uh, think he's gonna I, go I somewhere, Sam? I,
0: I I think maybe June or something is when he'll have a new team. If
2: you know, if, yeah, I um, think he's gonna have to wait a little while. Um, but I think somebody will give him a chance. That's unfortunate. I mean, okay, to be fair,
1: we're saying he's a pos, but he hasn't been charged with anything. It's all accusations at this point. So I I do want to go out and be. I guess a devil's Right, right, right. I let's let's, let's,
0: cu- let's cover our asses a little bit for sure. Yeah. But uh, what no he's ways. accused of was not cool at yeah. all. And uh, it, and you guys the, are the, referencing we don't need to... like
2: the 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 girl. Yeah, that's claiming that, the, uh, th- that he beat her up.
0: But there's a few of
2: there's them. there's yeah. one girl okay. that that, that he girl. beat
1: up. There's four other girls that have said that he is when he was in different cities. That he sexually assaulted them as well, and I there was no I don't think there was a rape allegation, but they're all sexual assaults. Like,
0: yeah, they're they're like it's it's like they it started consensual and then um it it, it it crossed a line is what is a lot of these situations ended up being. So uh so that's that that's where this is falling at this point. So um, I don't want to continue on this any more than I have to uh, because that's he's a bad
1: man. What well, do you think he's going to go to Boston? Boston needs players.
0: I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it, I'm not going to dare to predict which team it will be, <laughs> but it will be a scumbag owner of some kind who is actually willing to pay people though. So it won't be uh, our scumbag owner. It will not be the A's because he's too rich. He's too expensive. I guess that's,
1: I guess that's the positive of being it's, an A's the, man.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're not going to sign any, any uh bad human beings, uh, because we're not going (laughs) to sign anybody so
1: well that's not true because we had skype and he was a terrible human being yeah Um, well i
0: mean he we drafted him we didn't like sign him in free agency though so
1: let him work through the
0: system and then yeah anywho.
1: well the Uh, reason why i bring well the reason why i bring up boston is because i want you to take lead here there was a, a hockey game that got played at the most randomest time and it was played where
0: Uh, It was played at Fenway Park, Um, Boston Bruins and the Pittsburgh Penguins played in the NHL Winter Classic. They played earlier today, Pacific time. It was about 11 a.m. was puck drop and uh, uh, Boston scored that game winning goal, like right right near the end. So that was pretty exciting for the home fans. Uh, We're bringing this up in particular because of the way the Bruins showed up to the stadium.
1: And uh, they came,
0: they came rolling up deep. Uh, go ahead, Tyler, take it away. Yeah.
1: I I watched the video. They got off the bus and they all were in Red Sox uniforms, which was cool. But the funny thing about it was that they were all vintage Red Sox uniforms and they all had vintage baseball gloves. They weren't like your traditional gloves you see nowadays. So I'm like, how did you get that many vintage baseball gloves for a whole entire team? I, I, I
0: mean, I mean, they, they, they got somebody in the, in costuming uniform, you know, uh, so somebody from broadway came up and uh uh just came up the road and made them costumes for him i'm sure and uh yeah they, they all looked uh you know pretty well fitted so um i'm sure they got their measurements and everything uh, done <laughs> to make them look right and then they just had to you know source some old school mitts and some old school old school bats to look to look the part and uh it was a, it was kind of fun to watch them uh, come into the stadium like that it was fun
1: well two other cool things happened too that that i, I thought would be worth mentioning too was that uh they did a live band version of, um, uh, Caroline, which that's a classic Red Sox thing, which I know Sam, oh, sweet, Caroline,
0: sweet Caroline, yeah. Yeah, sweet and Caroline,
1: Sam's been there, got to witness it. I mean, yeah, it's fun, right? It's great. It was great. The fan gets involved. You get involved. Boston was great, was great. Time.
2: Yeah. It was it was a it was a great time because the A's whooped their ass that day, <laughs> and uh, I was in all my A's gear. That was when the last season we were able to travel and all that uh, before the vid. Um, that was vid- twenty nineteen, I think. No, no, no you, is- I
0: thought I thought you went in twenty eighteen, and then because uh, we went to Chicago 20- in twenty
2: nineteen.
1: Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah, that'd be right. The yeah. second cool thing that happened to was the goat Wayne Gretzky got to sign the. Uh, the pesky pole there out there so that that was pretty cool um i don't know if they ever had a hockey player sign their 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 pole. so i thought that was kind of interesting as well too so. um
0: if if they did it would have been more like bobby or or somebody like that you know, yeah some, probably some there, classic yeah. bruins uh old school player like that um but yeah, yeah uh while we're on hockey let's just talk about the sharks real quick um the last week they kind of had a bit of a rough one they lost at vancouver 6-2 they came home and lost in overtime to Philly four to three. And then they lo- They go out to Dallas, lose five to two. They go up to Chicago and get a win five to two on Sunday. Uh, in that game, that was Mark Edward Vlasic's uh, 1200th career game. All of them have been with the Sharks and he actually scored his first goal of the season uh, to make it two to two. It was kind of, I actually happened to be watching the game at this point and um, it was a redirect off of his skate that they initially called no goal because they they were saying it was a kicking motion they went to replay they reviewed it was more of him just kind of redirecting and trying to stop so it wasn't a kicking motion he just happened to be going forward and angled his skate and it bounced off the skate and in so um good on you pickles uh 1200 games that's pretty impressive even if the last you know 300 of them haven't been that great
1: i was Um, gonna ask you this what's more impressive that pickles has played Uh, that many games or the fact that he's he's been with an NHL team for that many games um uh
0: honestly like uh, once he signed that contract I knew he wasn't going anywhere so um (laughs) getting to 1200 games is more impressive uh to me period uh because uh it's it it, it, it's a feat that not a lot of people get to do um and he was like earlier in his career he was one of the top defensive defensemen i know it's a weird thing to say but in hockey they talk about offensive defensemen and defensive minded defensemen so uh sure. yeah he's a uh he he was on the he got a gold medal uh playing for canada in the olympics like he was a top-notch defenseman for quite a while so um and he's not that anymore i mean I'm not let's gonna even be pretend. fair i
1: mean canada's team was like the super it's like the argentinian france team of, of hockey you know? yeah
0: you no know, i mean he was the top defenseman on the top team like one of the top defensive minded defensemen in all of hockey and i mean he's he he did it on some of the biggest stages uh he got to play in a uh, in a uh, stanley cup final he's got a gold medal like i said playing uh in the olympics so um good on him i'm uh, i actually do have a pickles jersey uh Um, You know, I got it right around the time he signed his contract extension thinking, oh, this is good times they'll last forever. And uh, I mean, obviously he hasn't played as well.
1: Well, do you have the standings up for me?
0: Um, They are currently 12, 20 and seven. I need a
1: duck hunt. I need a duck hunt. They
0: they are seventh in the Pacific. They're still ahead of the ducks. Bang, bang, quack, quack, motherfucker. All right. (laughs) Okay. So uh, just a couple of last uh, notes here. I wanted to talk about the Georgia-Ohio State game and j- specifically how it ended, okay? So um, uh, Ohio State is lining up to kick a game-winning field goal, and the clock is approaching midnight on New Year's Eve, so it's actually timed up almost perfectly to where they kick the ball, and he just absolutely shank-a-potamus, and it hit, the ball hits well wide left of the field goal post and uh right when the ball hits is when uh it was zero and it was new year so uh that's a quite a way for ohio state to ring in the new year by losing a bowl game and a chance at a national title <laughs> <laughs>
2: um yeah can you imagine if it went in though that would have been the greatest
0: oh like- yeah if it goes in um people in ohio are still jizzing themselves uh, like yeah. like three days later man so uh
2: it's always uh, but, better if it goes in
0: yeah it's always better if it goes in absolutely dynamite drop in tim that was perfect um uh yeah <laughs> Shit. okay I, love, I I'm off the rails here um <laughs> okay so um the NFL Sunday ticket is heading to YouTube TV uh, I'm so excited that for season. that uh yeah uh uh yeah you guys uh are fans of teams that are out of market so you'll get to actually you know pay your little fee but then you'll be able to watch your team every week which is well, great for to, you guys you know
1: to be fair mine was always out of market Sam's yeah. just decided
2: to a couple his years last ago just, and
1: go to Vegas yeah, <laughs> yeah. They
2: went and sank their uh boat ship in a desert yeah <laughs> yeah uh, not a lot of the irony
0: not a lot of rivers running through las vegas i'll tell you that um uh then we have we do have one more note on soccer uh pele uh one of the goats uh, uh he died on thursday at 82 years old uh, three-time
2: world cup
1: champion
0: that's right he's uh, the only player to ever do that and, uh, Pele is an absolute legend. He helped grow the game in America. He like, he signed with the New York cosmos in the seventies and that helped build the soccer, uh, league at that time. Um, that league ended up folding. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's like he, he, he was instrumental in building soccer across the world and especially here in America. So, um, he's one of my, I,
1: I have a favorite Pele story of mine, um, Mine is where Pele got to be the honorary checkered flag for Formula One, and Pele was talking because Pele was always a very sociable person. Um, he was talking and didn't realize that first place was going to cross, <laughs> and it wasn't until sixth place came across that he decided to wave the checkered flag, and he apologized to everyone there. So that um, yeah, was just fun little, uh, fun little uh, Pele story. Um, on Wrexham, since we've got it here, I just want to point it out that uh, Wrexham won their last match 2 1. Um, they are currently two points behind Knotts County. Um, again, this is going all the way until like April, so we got plenty of time on this one here. And then the next match, January 7th, is the FA Cup match. So it's a big game. Um, they are playing against a championship league team in the Coventry. Coventry, I think, is in like fifth or sixth in the championship league, so which yeah, is so, a step below the Premier League.
0: Right, yeah. I was going to say, um, Wrexham plays in like the fifth level of uh, professional soccer in England. Um, they're playing a team from the second level this coming uh, uh this coming game that you're talking about so um, it's, it's a team be- that it, like like if you look at it on paper um it, it'll be a lot of fun because wrexham is a top team in their league but you're also talking about um just a a, a, a team from a league that's three levels above yours so it's going to be I, tough you what know? do we
1: compare it as we compared it as like uh the sacramento kings playing against although the Kings have been good lately. So maybe we'll call them the Lakers, the Lakers playing against, um, I don't know, like a, 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 top college basketball team. Right. That's yeah, kind I, of I would,
2: what it's
0: like. I would say like a division two college basketball team, like a, like, like a, 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 a upper end college a division level two college basketball team playing the Lakers um, is probably the, uh, you, you know, um maybe I would even go a little worse than the Lakers, but still like that's, that's kind of what we're talking about here. Like, uh, you know, I would expect that Wrexham is probably not the favorite in this game. But No, they're we'll not. See. And
1: I think the the interesting part about it is that Wrexham has to go to Coventry and go play it against them. Um, so that's kind of tough. What's interesting, though, is that Coventry, their owners, like, are bankrupt and they can't afford the pitch that they're playing on. So I'm not really sure if the game is going to be played on Coventry's pitch or if it's going to be played on a neutral pitch, Um, I'll have to look into that and I'll get back to you. But that was the big news is that their owners went bankrupt and they couldn't even afford the pitch that they were playing on. So the game was like in loop of whether it was going to actually happen or not. But I'll let you
2: guys know about that.
0: All right. Um, uh, Do we have any other extra points, uh, gentlemen?
2: I got two things before we close. Okay. Um, It was my sister's birthday on New Year's Eve. So I just want to shout out uh, my older sister on her birthday um, on Christmas Eve or uh, New Year's Eve. Um, And then the other thing is, I know I keep harping on it, coming back to this Derek Carr thing and how important it is. And I I really just want to emphasize how important it is over the last nine years. Um, My nephew is a big Raider fan. I'll call him. I'm not going to say his real name on air, so I'll just say AJ. Um, he's been over the past nine years, the biggest Derek Carr fan. And even before Derek Carr was a, a Raider, AJ was a big fan of Derek Carr when he was over at Fresno state where, uh, my nephew lives. Um, so he was a huge fan of Derek Carr and Devonte Adams. And he was one of the fanboys that always had this dream that they would reunite, um, So before the game against the 49ers, I was texting my nephew. I said, hey, what are your thoughts on Derek Carr and the Raiders? Um, I would love to hear your thoughts and share on there if that's okay. He goes, it's disappointing for sure, but it's time. It's probably best for both parties. I've always been a big fan of Derek Carr's, and I think he's pretty good quarterback, but there's definitely a threshold he seemingly can't get over he can more than likely find more success and stability somewhere else a big part of that is the organization as well drama coaching carousels mcdaniels is on my shit list with boneheaded play calling (laughs) and bad situational football but maybe we give him two more years and get some personnel that he likes on the team that sees and sees what happens i could just go on and on for hours about the Raiders and their continuous mediocrity. But in some to summarize, yeah, this kind of hurts. Me and all my friends that grew up in Fresno have extra admiration for Derek Carr because of the whole Fresno State thing. Same with Devontae Adams. jump for joy in the offseason when we picked him up. I said, wow, man, uh, Any any final thoughts about that? about the Raiders. And he went on to talk about the defense real quick. Patrick Graham and this damn defense are an embarrassment. Crosby and Denzel Perryman are the only two consistent tone centers. Jones had his three good games this year and was pretty much invisible the rest of the season. The secondary is literally the worst in football, rarely any turnovers, the base zone defense bend, but don't break stuff doesn't work in the NFL. Also, why do we always bail on the run in the second half of games or constantly get caught in a cycle of run twice then either screen pass or do some cutesy gadget play then punt? This team is just predictable. McDaniels not allowing to call input on plays and do audibles is bizarre too, which is true. Derek Carr doesn't really do many audibles. All I can hope for in short is that I'm being short-sighted and the organization is playing the long game. Maybe they're weeding out all of the Gruden Mayak personnels to establish a new system. To me, the only raiders that should return is Crosby and Jacobs. Um, and Adams should be unmovable. Um, so that's kind of it. But that's the end of the his comments that he wanted to share on there. But to me, it's just he's only he was born in '96.
0: I was gonna say, like I met wow. him
2: wow. like like
0: I, I remember meeting him, he was like 10 years old or something like that. And uh uh yeah, he's uh so you he's get what huge, I'm, you know he was know.
2: born in if you're a big fan and you're born in ninety-six, um the only I mean you the Super Bowl is so long ago and you got blown out, so that's not really a positive memory. Your only positive memory is Derek Carr. He's been the only stable thing in what has been a terribly misrun, mismanaged, poorly operated football franchise, you know, and this is not just Mark Davis. Unfortunately, this is Al Davis, you know, Um, but this is kind of like what's happening to the Raiders, you know, is a, your young fans don't really, they're losing interest. You know, the one thing that has been good for your franchise, um, you're being disrespectful about it. So I think there are a lot of fans that are upset. Um, I, I'm i in agreement with AJ about um, McDaniels. So hopefully there's just a uh, personnel things. We, we want the best for the franchise because we just want to be fans. Uh, but I just thought that was kind of interesting coming from, somebody who listens to the podcast and wants to interact, um, with the, you know, about the Raiders, um, you know, getting that fan feedback directly, that passion, the heartbreak, um, you know, I told him I would read it on there and you know, he would enjoy that. But also, you know, I see it on Raiders Reddit, Raiders Twitter, you know, there's a lot of, um, people who were not the biggest fans of Derek Carr. Cause we talk about the fumbles. We, we talk about, we talked about that many times. It's not to say that he's been perfect, uh, but he has been the one bright spot. And I think uh, he deserved a little bit more respect uh, while being shown the door.
1: That's fair. Um, again, I, I also wanted to let people know too that uh, no updates currently on, uh, on Hamlin at this time. Um you know, if yeah. uh, sure all we
0: have, uh, all we uh, have is he's in critical condition and he's at the hospital. That's all we yeah. have at this moment.
1: I'm sure there's plenty of uh, reporters out there who will, will give you updates. But you know, if if I find any, I'll retweet some of it as well. Um Sam, I do want to say that your nephew, that was, that's pretty impressive. I I will say, for from a younger kid who grew up watching. He didn't even get to watch the play. I did. He he watched one playoff. Right. But he didn't get to watch any Super Bowls or anything like that. So I think that that's an impressive um, outlook and take on, on something like that. So, um, but yeah, Vince, what you got us, you rolling us out.
0: Um, I think that's it. Just uh, make sure to interact with us um sam sam literally read a conversation with his nephew uh we are more than happy to interact with all of you please reach out svtsportspod uh at gmail.com uh, Pod on instagram and twitter uh we really look forward to interacting with you sliding to our dms and uh that's that's all that we got for now i guess you know
1: that's all folks
0: alvitosin